Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. October 6th, 2020, Dars Highlights. Major themes include a vision of the Kaaba and the seven readings of the name. The Dars began with a question by a faqir who had a vision during his invocation of the Kaaba. He approaches the Kaaba. He comes close to see the details of the Kiswa, the covering of the Kaaba, and he sees pilgrims circumambulating the Kaaba. The Sheikh comments, At the beginning of the path, the Salik, the wayfarer, has to focus internally upon the Qibla, the direction of the prayer. For the beginner, the verse, wherever you turn, there is the face of God, is not their state. In fact, wherever you turn, there is the face of God. That's the fourth secret of the path. It's there that you come to know the name Al-Qahar and its attribute of Qahriya, the all-compelling or all-subjugating and the divine attribute of subjugation. Prior to that, you have to have complete and full ta'zim, veneration for the Qibla. And a murid is one who is watchful of himself and faces the Qibla in all his states. You face the Qibla when you're making wudu, you face the Qibla when you're eating, you face the Qibla when you're drinking, you face the Qibla when you go to bed. We are obliged to face the Qibla during the prayer, but the one who is in muraqaba, who is in a state of watchfulness, is someone who wants the nafahat, God's spiritual breezes, and he wants his orientation, his own wijha, to be that of God. And at the sensory plane, in the level of his, the wijha, that's God's wijha, is the qibla. That's the greatest direction. During the night journey of the Prophet ﷺ, he journeyed toward the Qibla, which in that context was Jerusalem. And you too, you need an Isra, you need a night journey in order for the Mi'raj, for the, the vertical ascent to occur. You need a Wijha. That's why in all your states you turn towards the Qibla and you turn away from it in the washroom. And so you have the verse, Turn your faces toward the sacred home, towards Al-Masjid Al-Haram. Your journey from where you are to the Kaaba with the spirit, this is something that's rare for the murid because there is little muraqaba. If you really know what muraqaba means, watching oneself, then you'll know the place of the rising and the setting of the sun. You'll be watchful of the Qibla. You will know the north and the south of the sun. But if you don't honor the Qibla, how can you be in Muraqaba? If you don't honor these, you have no night journey. The Prophet ﷺ prayed for God to place a light on his right and a light on his left in order for ultimately to become without any direction whatsoever, to obliterate all directions. But this begins by journeying from your home to the sacred mosque, to the Masjid al-Haram.
wherever you are, face the sacred masjid, and internally, whatever level you reach, turn towards the masjid al-haram. Wherever you turn, the verse, Aynama tuwallu, this is in fasl, it's in separation, the state of non-qualification. There, wherever you turn, there is the face of God. And that's why we say it's the fourth attribute of divine qahriya, all-compellingness. It's the fourth level of reading the divine name. And in all of this, when we speak of muraqaba, it's important to draw these meanings from the Qur'an and to apply them to oneself. Don't apply them to your child or to your spouse or impose them on your siblings or your parents. Apply them on yourself. Give your back to the Qibla when you urinate, thereby honoring the Qibla in that state, observing adab with your Lord when you're in a state of direct witnessing of musahada or remembrance, dhikr, or watchfulness, muraqaba. Try as much as possible to face the Qibla. And when you focus on the Qibla, this will help you forget the other directions and distractions. You focus on the place of the rising of the sun. Your goal is for the sun of reality to rise within your heart and for the nur to shine in your heart. So when you face the Qibla, you say, Ya Allah, I am ready. I am exposing myself to your breezes, your nafahat, through perseverance and constancy. And so Allah shows you the Kaaba and you witness it in your dhikr to give you thabat and anchoring in your invocation. And He's showing you that your wijha, what you're turning toward, your orientation in suluk and wayfaring, is true and genuine. And so you see the Kaaba as well as those who love Allah in a state of tawaf. If you're gazing at the Kaaba, that in itself is a, is a form of worship. And the Kaaba is the place to plead Allah. It's for tadarra, to humble oneself and to plead in its presence. And to witness it in a vision is a ibadah too. To pray toward the Kaaba is a form of worship. And outwardly, it's a home, it's the bait. But inwardly, it's the ishara, it's the spiritual allusion, the fountainhead, or the gate to the spiritual realm, to the malakut. And when it opens up for you, then you have to ascend vertically to the inhabited house, al-baytul ma'mur, the, the celestial archetype of the Kaaba. First you arrive at the Kaaba, then you ascend to the baytul ma'mur, then beyond the Baytul Ma'mur, you ascend to the low tree, the Sidratu Al-Muntaha. The Prophet ﷺ turned his gaze in the heavens. Allah says, Inna nara taqalluba wajhika fi sama, seeking a qibla. And God turns it to Mecca. This is the new qibla. This occurs after the Hijratu Medina. It was changed in the middle of the maratib, of the levels of the unfolding of the Prophet ﷺ's life and the life of the companions. This change doesn't occur at the beginning of Islam. It occurs after the Hijrah in Medina, this pivotal transition from Jerusalem to Becca. Now the night journey was from Becca to Jerusalem. Then from Medina, 
it switched from there to Mecca. At the beginning of the name, the first Qibla is the Kaaba. At the fourth secret, it's non-qualification, it's Itlaq. Then thereafter, wherever you turn, there is God's face. And this is by virtue of your taqallub, of your turning in the heavens. For the Lord to give you the Qibla that you find pleasing, Tardaha. When he does so, he will make every place you turn a Qibla, in contrast to the first Qibla. Moreover, when you concentrate on the Qibla, you're beholding rectitude and uprightness, istiqama. This is the path, so follow it and don't follow the other tangents. هذا سرط الله فاتبعوه ولا تتبعوا السبل. He points to you, sallallahu sallam, in his famous hadith, and it's also the Quranic verse, and pulls the path, draws it towards him, alayhi salatu salam, until you arrive at him. You arrive at the Kaaba. You arrive at the one who drew the line in the sand, alayhi salatu salam. When he arrives at this Kaaba, you find the rites of the Hajj or of the pilgrimage, the Shahair. And you have the pilgrims performing Tawaf, circumambulating around the Kaaba. As an invoker, your own rite or Sha'ira is the invocation and passing away in the Qibla. And now the Kaaba exposes herself to you and you draw towards it and you find the Kisa, the mantle or the covering of the Kaaba, and it's close to you. And on the names of the Kisa is the name Al-Qahar. It's written on it, on the Kaaba in several places. It features more frequently than the other divine names, the name the All-Subjugating. And this name comes close to you in the vision till it faces you. Then the Kaaba passes away in you in your vision and you don't dwell in it or it in you. Rather, you melt away. Your Isra, your night journey, is by belittling yourself and honoring the Ishara, the spiritual illusion, honoring the disclosure site, Al-Majla, honoring the Nur, the divine light. The Nur itself neither grows nor decreases. It's just as it is, like the Kaaba. It remains singular and unchanged, immutable in its shape. The mosque may expand, but the Kaaba remains just as it is. You don't add to it or decrease from it. It's one of God's rights, and if you were to change it or its structure, then you would change the Tawaf itself. Now the dimensions of the Kaaba, they change in your vision as you draw towards it. When the Mushahada, the vision, is honored in your heart, then you begin to melt and you begin to decrease and to diminish. And when that happens, you return to what's real, the different levels of the lower self, the nafs, and its dimensions, they melt away. The mortal human traces begin to dissolve. And what remains is the insufflation or the inblowing, the nafkha, which is the star, the najm, it's the particle, the dot, that you took in Bay'ah, 
it's I am the dot and a nokta. In other words, I melted away. I'm not how you think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I have no dimensions, no hands, no feet, no eyes. I'm just the dot. I became the dot. My entirety has become the dot that I took in Bayah. That dot which you, O Murids, belittle and think to be small. It's not small. Rather, your pride and darkness makes it seem that you are larger than it. But its reality is higher than you. It's greater than you. It's the light of the heavens and the earth. But your darkness is even greater than the lights of the heavens and the earth. And so you think that it's a tiny little dot. If you had genuine Iman or faith, you would have faith that you have darkness and pride and spiritual pride and self-admirations that the heavens and the earth can't even bear. That's why the, the nukta looks so small. But now you approach, you draw near, and the percentage of your darkness begins to decrease with ritual purity, with faith. And so your nur begins to grow. When the nur becomes your size, then you have ascribed a partner between you and the nur. You've committed idolatry. Because there's you, and then there's the nur. And you're both equal in size. So you continue to work, and to practice, and to deepen your invocation. And as you do it, the nur grows and increases. And it becomes wider than you, larger than you. This nur has to cover your entire field of vision. And when it covers your horizon, then you have to open your eyes. These words that I'm saying, they're not just sweet, eloquent words. I'm saying open your eyes. And if you still see the forms around you and images in that presence, then it's not the nur. Because the nur obliterates forms around you. It covers your eyes, and whether your eyes are open or not, it obliterates the forms. If you're not there yet, you're still in the Jihadul Akbar, the greatest struggle, fighting the darkness of your nafs. And so it decreases. The nafs begins to decrease with that struggle, and the nur begins to shine slowly. The nur displays the Kaaba for you. The Kaaba is Nur, the Qur'an is Nur, fasting is Nur, the divine attributes are light, the Prophet is light, the awliya, the saints are light, the messengers are light, all of it is light. The Kaaba is a trace of the closest light to you. It's a disclosure site of the Nur, and now you see it. And when you do, you try to diminish yourself and to shrink and you pray for God to make that Kaaba grow. Where are you located as this Kaaba in the vision approaches you? You're the one who's melting until the Kaaba becomes fixed. And you're a dot in that covering or the cloak on the Kaaba. Now the Kaaba begins to grow and you're a little speck on it. And you see the Fuqara the disciples circumambulating the Kaaba. These are the invokers. 
the Mujahidun, those who are in the holy struggle around the Kaaba. They are the stars. Think of them as the olives doing tawaf around the Kaaba. The nur is lit from the blessed tree and every person in tawaf is doing tawaf around one of the branches of the blessed tree, al-Shajar al-Mubaraka, whose root is the Kaaba and whose branch is the inhabited house, al-Bayt al-Ma'mur. The Kaaba is also the site of the descent of the Qur'an. It's identical with the Ghar Hira, the cave of Hira. It's the mawqi, the location of the descent of the Qur'an. It's the root of the tree. And everyone is an olive circumambulating around the blessed tree. These olives produce oil. You don't halt with or you're not veiled by the shape or the form of the olives. You focus on the flowing, the sarayan, the subtle grace flowing through them. Likewise, you don't get distracted by the race, ethnicity, background, or form of the human being, but by the latafa sarayaniya, the subtle grace flowing through each human being. That's the nur. It's the taqwa. Hence, there's no difference between an Arab and a non-Arab, except in the measure of their taqwa, their God-fearing, God-consciousness. And this luminous handful deposited within the muttaqi, the person of taqwa, is that by which that person practices watchfulness or muhasaba of themselves. This is what generates fear. And the one who has no taqwa, he doesn't care. He wants to change everything according to his own hawa his own whims, his caprice. He doesn't want to change his own lower self in order to obey his Lord. But the opposite is better. It's better to change yourself. And that's what's hard for the murids and the muridas. I don't like people who just flap their tongues and talk. It's not about painting and poems. It's about taqwa, changing oneself, character transformation. It's about rectifying oneself and fearing the deception of God, makrullah. That's better than being first place in eloquent prose. Taqwa is not an embellishment, kalam muzakharaf. It's not embellished speech. And those who are circumambulating around the Kaaba are the subtle grace flowing, the sarayan, whose oil almost shines forth without being touched by fire. It's through the sarayan that they're able to practice the tawaf. If they did not have that subtle grace flowing through them, they would be dead wood, and they wouldn't arrive at that blessed place. And if they were to arrive at it, they would corrupt it, because they would have no ta'zim, no veneration of the sanctuary. This ta'zim, magnification, honoring, veneration, is nur of the heart. Does your heart have reverential fear, humility, a certain brokenness vis-a-vis the blessed station that you stand in? Through this ta'zim, you attain proximity and union. The answer is within you. This ta'zim 
is like a revelation within your heart. It's an inspiration. It's an ilham. So sit alone. Don't think of anyone. Just think of yourself. Go deep in there. Don't say, so-and-so has wronged me. So-and-so did me injustice. That won't get you anywhere. Don't tire yourself. Don't exhaust yourself. Think about yourself. Your deeds, the movements of your heart, your lower self, your spirit, your thoughts. Do they please God and His Messenger? If you really ponder yourself, you'll know that you're distant from God. And then you'll call out to God, who is close to you, who is Al-Qarib. And you'll become broken. You'll experience a state of abasement, tadallul. And when you contemplate or ponder yourself, if you find that your deeds, in fact, do please your Lord, then pray for constancy and firmness. If they don't please your Lord, then beg for your Lord to enable you to get to that place where they do please Him. Murids imagine that you get there with just a lot of dhikr. Dhikr is a foundation and it's obligatory. But it goes hand in hand with contemplation, with tafakkur and muraqaba, practicing presence or self-surveillance. If you do dhikr without tafakkur, without contemplation, then you become frozen. If you don't practice muraqaba and internally inspect yourself, you don't get there. I can bring you an entire bag of divine secrets, but you won't benefit from them. And the root problem is that you venerate and magnify and honor your nafs, your lower self. And you won't enter through this door until you pass away from your nafs. Until you pass away in the disclosure site, in the mezla. And you become the very identity of the disclosure and the disclosure site. And you see beauty of the Lord in His own creation. But at the beginning of your path, don't lie to yourself. And don't tell yourself, I honor God's creatures. Because really, when you honor someone, you do it for your own benefit. Because you can't really venerate and honor something created until you know the grandeur and honor of the Creator. You can't know the alama, the grandeur or the magnificence and tremendousness of a creature until you know the tremendousness of the Creator. Because once you know the alama, the tremendousness of the Creator, of Al-Khaliq, then you will see the tremendousness of the Creator in His creation. That is when the beauty of the Creator is verified and realized, you see God's beauty in His creation. And you see that all of the actions of the creature are beautiful. And God will veil you from the darkness of the creature. And He'll place nur in your inner vision to gaze with upon His creatures. To this effect, there's a story 
about someone who comes to the Prophet Sallallahu and he says, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah, all Muslims are in a state of Iman and Islam. The Prophet affirms it. Another comes and says, Muslims are in a state of Islam, and but there's little Iman and he affirms it. And another one comes and says, there's no Islam at all among anyone, there's no Iman, and he says it's true. And when he's asked the Prophet Sallallahu he says, because everyone gives news or reports about what's in their heart. Then in this uh, vision, the Fakir approaches the Kaaba. He sees a divine name. He sees the name Allah in the end. And the Sheikh comments, it's impossible to enter into the presence of the divine name except through the Kaaba. And it's impossible to enter into the named Al-Musamma, the named divine reality, except through the name. And it's impossible to enter into the name except through the ha of identity, except through al-ha. When you look like that ha, when you look like a zero, a sifr, when you look, when you become fana, annihilation, then you enter to the letter that brings you closest to the sifr, to the zero, which is the door. That's the ha. The other letters have angles. The alif has an angle on top. It's written like a number one. The lambs have angles on the bottom. The ha is 360 degrees. It has no angles. And if you wish to enter upon the divine name, you can't have an independent wujud. You can't have any more angles. Your hearing is an angle. Your mouth is an angle. Your seeing is an angle. You can't enter into the hat of the name except by passing away from your own angles and replacing them with his, such that the angle, the zawiyah of your hearing is no longer yours, the angle of your speech is no longer yours, and these become God's names and qualities. So you must remove your qualities, character traits, and names and attributes and characterize yourself by God's names and attributes and qualities. Then there was a discussion of the seven readings of the name. The Shaykh said the seven readings are the Ha, Lahu, Lillah, the Alif al Muqaddar, Ah, Allah, and the Dot. These schematizations are at the level of Mastur, inscription. But the asrar, the secrets of the ha, are not pronounced. They're ineffable. They're practiced. You don't hear it, quote-unquote. The shaykh, when he transmits the sir to you, it's not vocalized. You practice it in order to attain it. That's a sir. And when you attain it, you draw meanings from it. And when the shaykh explains them to you in words, and tells you this is the sir, it's just to make that firm in your heart. The sir remains a sir, a secret remains a secret, even after it's divulged, because it's not possible to pronounce it and articulate it with speech. The sir is what settles in your heart. The words that are spoken are just discourse, they're philosophy for the people of God 
their transgressions. They are flapping up tongues. This is what it means to recite in the name of thy Lord. You have to read in the name of thy Lord. Read the ha, the lahu, the lillah, the alif al-muqaddar, the ah, the Allah, and the nuqta, the dot treasure. And look at the the word read or decipher iqra in Arabic. It begins with an alif and it ends with an alif. And between the two alifs you have qarra, the qaf and the ra. So you read uh, the reading between two limits, two hads, between two alifs. And you remain on the straight path. The alif is comprised of three dots, the dots of prophethood, sainthood, and messengerhood. That alif is what you read, and it has two border lines, two hads, one to the right and one to the left. When you look at the word iqra, the, the two middle letters, qarra, that means to settle. And when you read it from the opposite, raqqa, means to become refined. So when there's qarar, qarrarta fi nafsik, fi nafsiyatik, when you have a, a firm, a firmness, or when you settle the intention in your heart, in your nafs, to enter into the name of the Lord, as it is defined between the alifs, or by the rectitude of the alif, without veering. When that occurs, when that qarra is established, then you have a raqqa, you have a, a refinement. So it begins with a qarar, firmness, establishment of this intention, a sound intention in your heart, an intention to journey through the alif. So it's an internal intention. That's why the Hamza is written under the line at the beginning of Iqra. And then at the end is written above the line when there is taqirru in your heart, when that Hamza is firmly rooted or anchored in your heart. This Hamza is the nuqta. It's the dot. It's under the alif at the beginning of Qara'a. It's under the ba of the basmala. This nuqta it's anchored and fixed and rooted in the heart of the servant. And then when it rises, when the star rises in the heart of the servant, then the Hamza at the end, or the dot, is found at the top of the Alif of Iqra. When the possessor of the heart, which has this dot in it, the servant that has the star that becomes rooted in the heart when that rises and ascends and becomes refined then you have read the name of your lord it is then when that, that we can say you have not veered from the alif you realize that your wayfaring is none other than a tafsir of the alif an explanation a commentary on the alif how do you journey through it, through the alif? 
it's with the name of thy Lord, Bismi Rabbik. Hence, the Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, it's divided between the servant and the Lord, it's divided in half. Your wayfaring is through the Alif, it's through the wayfaring with rootedness, Qarar, of the star of Lordship in your heart. With that, Tarqa, then you ascend with it, and you become someone who journeys in God, with a goal of journeying to God, and in all of this you're wayfaring in the Alif. This is what it means to read in the name of your Lord. And it begins with the melting away in the ha of identity, Ha'ul Hawiyah. And you disappear completely, Fana'kulli, complete passing away. Then you come to understand the subtle grace of pre-eternity that's generated by the Lam al-Ishq. But this Fana, this Ha, is Fana. It's a passing away, annihilation. It's Mahq, it's obliteration. It doesn't accept duality or an addition to it, a ziyada. It only accepts the nafkha asliya azaliya, the pre-eternal inblowing of the spirit. That's the only thing it accepts from you. Then within the ha, you see the first sir, and you realize ishq and love, and you grasp the lamb, this primordial original lamb. Moreover, the name has seven readings at the level of inscription and all the letters are jawfi they come from deep within the throat and you read it by moving the tongue you read the name by moving your tongue they're not like labial letters like the ba and the nun that need the lips similarly he makes his essence and names and attributes known to you and all these letters are jawfi, so that you can grasp all of them in their entirety. The three letters that make up the divine name, the ha, the lam, and the alif, they don't require the movement of lips. It's the ha of Islam, the lam of iman, and the alif of ihsan. It's easy to pronounce, and even at death, you can pronounce them without using the tongue. So you can say, la ilaha illallah, internally within you and if you're internally present with God if your jawf is present with God then you can pronounce it without moving your tongue it's easy it's light to pronounce it doesn't need anything from the level of inscription and from letters all that it requires this reading of the name requires the elevation of the spirit spiritual traveling according to the method of the Prophet it requires fana kulli, complete annihilation. This is what the Hailala, the Laila wants from you. It wants for you to become a true ruh. Hence, the la, the negation, is the first word in the formula la ilaha illallah, because you can't enter into the realm or the Gnostic sciences and the secrets and lights of la ilaha illallah. Unless you are a ruh, and you enter by pronouncing the lam of the ruh. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama salli ta'ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim. 
وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجد